you know, I want it all, man. Like, no, everybody thinks that you can only have a couple of things and you have to sacrifice all this other stuff um, in the process. And I believe sacrifices need to be made at strategic times, but I 100% am not willing to accept that you can't have it all. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, E? My brother, life is good. It has not stopped raining down here for the last, like, three or four days. As you can see from my hair, my hair just keeps growing from all the moisture that it's in, in the air. But it's, life is good, man. Like I, I can't complain, you know? That's Things awesome. are so crazy, but we have always been crazy. So it's, it's all, it's Florida, you know? Yep, absolutely. You need a little break from that heat, buddy. Right, exactly. Your hotel is, is, is looking solid. I keep seeing your Instagram game. It's yeah, I don't yeah, come, but I can't come because you're gonna have make me quarantine and stuff. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, do it's going well. We're, uh, we're in the process actually of talking to a couple of lenders about a refi actually way earlier than we were originally planning because it's been doing really well. So mm. you know we'll see where that goes, but uh, definitely really happy with the project and yeah, um, just as proud that I made it through my first seven day juice cleanse at the end of yeah. today. So that was. Uh, that was great, man. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you guys were pushing me to do that because my body feels amazing right now. I'm not gonna. Yeah, lie. I mean, dude, it's so. it's great. That's our biggest uh, addiction in life that people don't talk about. It's food. Yeah, people are like, oh, there is alcoholics and there is drug users. I'm like, yeah, what about sugar users? Like, how many fucking addicts do we have in the country that have no idea how bad of withdrawals they will get if they're just completely change their diet for a week right 100%. so yeah but having said that i'm super excited to have our guest on also because he's one of those people that i've looked up to for a very long time used to listen to his podcast at the gym before i even knew who he was and i remember meeting him at a at a mastermind up in whistler and i heard his voice i'm like oh shit that's maddie and i turn around and just then meeting the person has been such a pleasure to just see him and see him as a, as a business owner, but also as a father, as a husband. So I'm really, really stoked um, to have him on, but I'll let you introduce him in the formal way. I just wanted to say my own personal feelings about him. Yeah. Likewise. He's just one of those dudes that I, I love being around. His energy is amazing. Um, you know, obviously super successful in business and we'll talk about that today, but you know, also just balancing that family life and prioritizing that, you know, really living that whole life millionaire lifestyle that we all focus on and um, just super proud to have him on here. So without further ado, today we have Matt Aitchison on the podcast with us. He is a real estate investor, business coach, speaker, and philanthropist. He's flipped hundreds of houses, built a top 1000 real estate team in the US and now focuses solely on scaling his passive income portfolio made up of commercial strip centers, a hotel, and single family rentals. 
He is extremely passionate about helping others create wealth, freedom, and fulfillment in their life and business through real estate investment opportunities. And is also the host of the Millionaire Mindcast podcast, a top 100 ranked business podcast. And most importantly, he's a husband to his amazing wife, Marie, and two beautiful daughters. Matty A, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for being here. Dude, I'm like, I'm feeling the love right now. Yeah, you guys, brother. You guys got me hyped. You guys got me hyped. I feel the same way about you guys, man. It's And, and I think that's one of the amazing things about this world we live in now with whether it's podcasts or masterminds, like somebody that you admire from afar or have a lot of respect for or learn from, um, you know, maybe digitally or virtually and all of a sudden, like, you know, you become friends. E and I have had some amazing experiences together and retreats we've been to. And Mike, you and I have been at masterminds together. And it's just really cool to see how, you know, the world gets so much smaller um, and not only how you can learn and accelerate maybe business goals, um, but also like getting to do life with people that you feel aligned and congruent with and kind of check boxes outside of just what you can accomplish on the business front to me, like that's, that's where the wealth and the riches really go to another level. Mm, love it. I yeah. love it. So why don't you kind of take us back, Maddie? We'll do, I want to go a little bit deeper on your intro. Cause I know you, you started in real estate sales, I believe, and you've just kind of branched out and grown those spokes out from each different type of real estate. So why don't you kind of take us back to early days and kind of where you're at now? Yeah. I mean, my, my tree trunk has always been real estate. You know, the bug was kind of planted in me when I was 15. Uh, both my parents worked in corporate America. My parents divorced when I was, when I was very young, but both were kind of corporate climbers, hard, you know, working middle-class, um, lower middle-class to kind of work their way up, just doing the things that you were supposed to do. Um, but my mom started dragging me to real estate investing seminars when I was like 13, 14, 15, and I remember seeing, and this was, this was back in the day, like when seminars and kind of the whole circuit was getting going. And I remember seeing people up on stage showing big checks and talking about beautiful lifestyles and all of these amazing things that when you're young, right at that age, and you have absolutely none of those things, you're like, I want all of that. Um, and so uh, fast forward, I ended up um, going to college. I ended up working for uh, full-time for uh, a small business owner and entrepreneur in, in Santa Barbara. And that was kind of where um, I was exposed to kind of entrepreneurship of like, Hey, you, you don't need to be your, you know, you, you can be your own boss. You can have the freedom and flexibility that you want. You don't need to have a ceiling over what you can make financially. You can make an impact and help people in the process um, do you want to come and work for me right after college? And I was like, Nope, you already showed me the light. I'm going to go and do this for myself. So I moved back to Sacramento and, um, I ended up, I was at that time, you know, with my expensive ass piece of paper that really wasn't going to get me anywhere interviewing for like $30,000, um, a year jobs. And I was like, no way is this going to get me to where I want to go. So I ended up going through and one day I was on the internet going through Craigslist ads. And it was that real estate investor seeks mentor to make 10K a month, right? And I had no idea what that meant at the time, except hey, 10K a month, I'm down for that. And um, that's where I ultimately, that led me to finding my, um, kind of my first real estate mentor, um, who was somebody that I learned a lot of things from 
who was making a lot of money, but I also learned a lot of things from in, in terms of what not to do and what, how not to treat people and how to not be ethical. And there were a lot of things that just didn't feel aligned and congruent with who I was and my core values and my beliefs. And um, that kind of led me over to Keller Williams, uh, where I ended up partnering with my real estate partner at the time, uh, Rachel, and we started just building a traditional real estate team. And, you know, within four years, we were one of the top uh, 1000 real estate teams ranked by Wall Street Journal. Um, but I just realized I was not passionate about the retail side of real estate, but I was passionate about the vehicle that real estate kind of provided, which on the wealth building front felt very congruent and aligned with the goals that I had kind of aspired to achieve. And so I began to start sharpening that ax. I knew my tree trunk was real estate, but there were so many different branches that kind of went off of it. And I knew that uh, for me, my path and the stepping stones that I was going to start marching on were going to be on the wealth building, the real estate investing front. So I started flipping houses and started kind of wholesaling. And this was back in 2010. Um, you know, I was wholesaling anywhere from five to 10 houses a month to invitation homes and to frontier homes and to some of the largest hedge funds in the country at that time that were just trying to buy any single family they could get their hands on. Um, so there was definitely a lot of luck, you know, involved in just timing of things. But also, you know, one of my early mentors told me, you have to be dumb enough to believe and smart enough to execute. And I was dumb enough to believe in myself and smart enough to just take action every day. And I ended up, quote unquote, finding that luck, right? And I think a lot of pro people can probably relate to that at some point in their journey of going, you know, there's a lot of people that they're way more capable than I am. I was never the smartest, fastest or strongest person, but I was just always willing to get in the trenches and to get my ass kicked and to then, based on what kind of result I got, take the feedback and double down and tweak and optimize or, right, continue doing what was getting, you know, the positive results that I wanted. And so... That led me into, you know, flipping houses and flipping a couple hundred houses over the next, you know, six, seven, eight years. Um, I started also taking the active income that I was generating from grinding on the flipping business. And I parlayed that into partnering in a construction company, knowing that that was an ancillary bucket I could generate some revenue from because I was giving contractors so much work. Um, I started building in-house property management um, then I started doing, you know, my own personal portfolio and buying rental properties, which started from singles to then quadplexes to then commercial strip centers. I bought the hotel. Um, and, you know, it's kind of just continued to be this, hey, ding, how do I get to the next floor, right? Like, what does that elevator look like? And based on what my goals were, um, you know, for me, it's been, okay, this is my North Star and this is what I'm moving towards. What decisions, what product, what vehicle, um, what actions, what people are most aligned and congruent to get me to that North Star. And so that has been kind of the journey and the path that I've been on, at least on the wealth building front and real estate um, and business. And then obviously, you know, continue to try and optimize and level up myself spiritually, mentally, physically, as a husband, as a father, as a leader to the people that I, you know, get to employ um, being very involved in the community and, and mastermind groups, things like that. You know, I want it all, man. Like, no, everybody thinks that you can only have a couple of things and you have to sacrifice all this other stuff um, in the process. And I believe sacrifices need to be made at strategic times, but I 100% am not willing to accept that you can't have it all. 
And therefore that's led me to finding people like you guys, right? Who believe those same exact things. And the listeners that are probably listening right now going, man, that sounds good to me, right? Like somebody kind of opened my eyes to the fact that whatever bullshit you've been fed your whole life of what you can and can't have, the only person that really, really at the end of the day decides that is you. And so as I've gone down that rabbit hole and decided to take complete ownership and accountability of my own life and what is or isn't possible, uh, that's led me to finding some, some really cool things. A lot of failures along the way, I'll say that every day, every week, every month. Um, but now I embrace those failures as um, almost like exciting experiences that I know are going to teach me something about myself um, and what I'm capable of that ultimately helped me unlock that next level of life. Dude, that was, that was pure gold. And wow. I just want to jump in real quick because I don't want to lose my train of thought, but you're in a lot of different areas right now. But I remember, and you did this very strategically, and I want to talk about that because I know for me, I think we met, I don't know, three or four years ago. And, it was in uh, Philly, right? It was at yeah, the online conference in Philly. Yeah, and I remember telling you about, I was kind of looking at multifamilies and all these different things. And the advice you gave me, you said, you have to focus on one like crush one thing first, like master that thing and then move to the next, like master it, systematize it, delegate it, and then move to the next. And like that advice, I took that to heart. And then when I went all in, I was like, I am going to be the Airbnb guy. That's when everything changed. Like I just focused on one thing and got rid of all the distractions. And I remember you were saying you mastered, call it residential real estate in your twenties. Now you're mastering commercial real estate in your thirties. So it's like, Take that one chunk, that one tree, master the one thing, systematize it, delegate it, and then move to the next. Yeah. It's kind of like I consider myself a Chinese acrobat. You know, the, the Chinese acrobat doesn't start spinning 12 plates all at one time. He, he starts with spinning one plate, gets that baby dialed in and got the momentum that it needs, right? And then he moves his attention, energy, and effort towards the second plate and getting that one spinning. And then he goes back based on all the things that he put into the first one. And when it starts, right, and it needs that momentum, that attention, that love, he keeps it spinning. And so when you do that strategically enough, and most importantly, like, again, I go back to, I'm not the, I'm not the smartest businessman. I'm not the, um, you know, the, the most hardworking individual. Like I am more than most people, but for me, it's always been around, who can I put in my life? It's never been a what thing. Like, what do I need to do next? It's who can I empower next in my world to be better than I know I'm not capable of being and get them into a space, into a seat, into an opportunity that is still aligned with my goal selfishly, but also helps them achieve their goals and really pour into them. I know what one of my superpowers is and that's connecting and empowering people. And so when I stay focused on that, and I have the right business opportunities and the right business partners and the right employees and the right strategy for the right market. That's when I've seen really big hits of, you know, wealth and success. Um, and when I'm also out of those alignments, I've also experienced big hits to, you know, my failures and to my bank account. And, you know, so that's where, again, those experiences, they, they weaponize you. But you got you to gotta figure out first and foremost is like, what's going to be my first thing that I say? And I always tell people like, if I were to pay you a million dollars to go up on stage in front of 10,000 people in 12 months, what's the one thing you're going to go up there and speak about? And you have to be the master at it. I'm not going to give you that money. 
And most people like it takes like, oh, what is that thing? Most people don't know, right? So as you're thinking about that, as you hear this, you know, kind of playing through your speakers or in your, your earbuds right now, it's like, what is that one thing that you can become the master at? And once you become the master at that thing, then as you delegate and start to level yourself out of that, right? then you've kind of earned the right and given yourself permission to go and focus on some other things. But there's got to be that first kind of milestone as a business owner, an entrepreneur that you have to prove to yourself you're capable of doing in order, in my opinion, to go out and start doing and trying new things. Gold. I mean, this shit is so good. So if you're listening and you're like, I'm not Maddie, uh, you're not getting it. So restart the podcast and re-listen from the beginning. Because it's literally, this is what you have. Like, he wasn't born. Like, the same way Mike and I have had to work on our reprogramming of our thoughts, subconscious thoughts, and beliefs, he has done the same thing, right? So, and it's been this constant thing of, of looking at possibilities and failures as a feedback loop. Because that's literally all you've done. And you've always been super open to all types of feedback yep. at all times. From, I've taken one of your courses on the, on the six figure flipper. And it's always been that attitude of what can I do better? The course is great. Okay. Yeah. But what can I do better? Right. And, and that's what creates this kind of like success patterns. Right. And then your plates spin faster and faster and you get better. Yep. And eventually yeah. you have other people spinning the plates for you. Right. Exactly. And, and that's such a key part of just going, man, who you surround yourself with. There's so many, I think, because of the world we live in now and the access to information that's out there, so many things become cliche and almost too familiar to people. Like, oh, I've heard that over and over and over again. Like, what's the next new nugget that I haven't heard yet that's going to blow my mind? And really, like, success in life is boring. It is monotonous. It's very simple. And Tony Robbins talks a lot about it, the law of familiarity. Like, you hear the same things over and over again or certain habits over and over again and you stop doing them because they're so familiar to you when really like you got to just stay focused on the simple things, smart, small choices done over an extended period of time, unlock big results when you look up. But people are right now looking for those jolts of dopamine and adrenaline and big opportunities and lightning in a bottle. And, and I get that. Every once in a while, you, you may find that or you see somebody else in the news on a headline that got that. And ultimately, like the most success and happiness and fulfillment and wealth is by doing the small, smart things every single day. And you do that over an extended period of time, whether that's like, man, you're worth $10 million dollars. Or if you do that over an extended period of time and you're worth a billion dollars, I guarantee you it's almost impossible not to win out in some way, shape, or form in your life, in your business. If you can just stay focused on the boring shit, like the small monotonous things that aren't that sexy and aren't that fun. But if you can do those things every day and find a way to make them fun, find a way to make them sexy, right? That's when you start to unlock things, not only within yourself, but also physically in your external world that you go, whoa, okay, I get it. And when you hit that milestone in your life and you experience some of those little wins, it makes it that much more easy to commit to the small, boring, monotonous stuff over and over and over again. Hmm. Love it. So, so good. Walk us through Park Place and what kind of triggered you to get into 
the hospitality space? Yeah. So um, the play park is I'm sorry, play park. <laughs> yeah, play park. Uh, you know, it was an opportunity, and this kind of comes back to just having a really good network of being intentional with my database, my relationships, and also putting content out online and in social media. Um, and this was somebody that had been following me for, I don't know, two years on Instagram. And uh, they connected me with one of their great friends. And somebody in his church had um, owned this hotel up in Lake Tahoe. And they bought it for the church. And they were not an, a business owner or an operator. And it was just kind of an afterthought. They weren't running it like a business. It wasn't profitable. And they were basically going to go into foreclosure. And so, um, he brought me this opportunity. I was like, nah, dude, I don't do hotels, man. Like that's, that's, that's a different ball game. Um, and then he told me the price and I was like, okay, maybe I do do hotels. Um, and I proformed it out. I started running the numbers and you want to talk about, you don't know what you don't know, right? We've all kind of had that experience and I didn't know what I didn't know about hotels and hospitality. I said, well, I'm a real estate investor. I'm a great operator. I got a great team, a great track record. My portfolio is awesome. Like, why not? And the initial reason why I did it was because for me, it was the triad of real estate. There is no product in real estate that can do what hospitality can do. One, it's physical real estate. So there's obviously all of the benefits that come to physical real estate, right? Then you have the business aspect of it, where there's a business operating within that real estate, living, breathing organisms, seven days a week, 365 days a year, right? So there's value in that aspect of it in the brand of the business. And then the third part of it, which you can't get in single family, you can't get in your apartment buildings, you can't get in your commercial strip centers, which is providing experiences and creating memories, not only for others, but also something that you can enjoy in. And so for me, I got married up in Lake Tahoe. I've basically gone up to Lake Tahoe every season of every year, every year of my life. And therefore, there was somewhat of this emotional side of the attachment to of going, man, if I can create a great business there, as well as have all of the physical and tangible aspects and benefits of real estate, as well as enjoy experiences and memories with my own family and with other people, right? Guests and friends and individuals that'll be staying at our hotel. That sounds amazing. And then when I looked at the performance, I said, Ooh, this sounds really great. And then when I got into it, I went, Oh shit, there's a lot of stuff. I don't know about this. Mm -hmm. And, and that's kind of always been my approach though, is the only way to know is to get in there and roll up your sleeves and, you know, really take the clouds into the dirt, because that's where a lot of people, I think, and, and this is where I've gotten myself in trouble in previous experiences is the romanticism of certain investment opportunities or certain businesses, people forget that they live too high up in the clouds, and they forget what actually goes into digging the trenches and what's happening on a daily basis when you got your sleeves rolled up and you're getting punched in the mouth every day. And most people would be very successful if they just had the grit and the ability to just weather those storms. Yes. So, I mean, shit, I was, you know, our, we were rocking and rolling, getting going from a crawl to, you know, a walk and getting ready to start jogging and then COVID hit, you know? So I went from cash flow in the business to funding the business and, you know, basically carrying the asset after being shut down for three and a half months 
um, to then obviously being able to reopen back up and California is up in the air when we're shutting down and when we're, you know, so we're still day by day. I have no idea what's going to happen, but the last two months we've had our two best months. Um, by far, we've been at 92% occupancy um, this month, last month we were at 89% occupancy. Uh, and as you know, in you know, in, in hospitality world, that's, 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 that's pretty that's solid. Yeah. So now it's going, okay, how do we now start bolting on other ancillary revenue streams? Because we have the top of the funnel. We have guests coming in the door. Now, how do we offer them more opportunities that help us generate more buckets of revenue by having all of those bodies come through our door? And so that's where it gets kind of fun, right? It's like you start to play this game and strategize a little bit of how do we create better experiences and how do we, you know, generate more revenue and more opportunity? Because when you're looking at the value of the business and or the asset, right, it's always going to be based on the revenue and what kind of multiple you can generate from that revenue. So that's our goal is to keep finding ways that we can pump more revenue into the business and create more value in the business and, um, continue building the brand and the experiences out in the process. Yeah. Love that. Wow. So you've said a lot of stuff there. So obviously, um, to me, what's important is all of us as entrepreneurs, I think are dreamers, right? I think it's, it's, it's kind of a part of the component of, of being an entrepreneur. You gotta be a dreamer. Um, and David Osborne always talks about this too, about the air game and the air game, the, the ground game and the air game. Like you got to be a dreamer, but then there are some times that you got to be in the dirt and really understanding, right? Um, so we know already from just what we talked about that you're very busy, right? And you have a lot of things going on. So what are some of the kind of systems and procedures that you put in place for, for the property? One, and then two, how many people are helping you there? Yeah. So my goal was, so we're a drive up to your door motel that we wanted to make a boutique experience. We're not a Hyatt. We're not a Marriott. We're not a Ritz Carlton. You're not going to check into a lobby. You're not going to walk down a hallway and go up an elevator. We knew what our, what the identity at first we had to figure out like, what is your identity? Right. And so we kind of got very clear on what is our identity and now how do we match our brand to that identity and create the experience around that identity. And so for me, I wanted to run and operate this thing as much as I possibly could remotely. Um, of course you got to have kind of your physical onsite, um, aspects. And I also knew that if I could, incorporate tech and I could automate as much of the experience as possible and manage the expectations and control the standards and the experience based on that, that was going to be what we really wanted to flush out and figure out how we could do that. So for example, I can practically control the lodge from a tablet or my onsite manager can control the lodge from the tablet from turning on and off the market lights in our courtyard on the tablet to changing the um, temperature of the rooms to keyless entry from in, uh, check-in and check-out to our communications. The only physical on-site that I have is one on-site manager and our cleaning team. And that's it. And we communicate that to people. You will not talk to a person or see a person the entire time you're there unless you want to. 
And so that is something that we've kind of created and managed those expectations from the second they book on our site to what is on our advertising, to what our photographs look like, to the copy in our automated messages leading up to during and after our stay, right? And so those are all things that we really wanted to brand the identity of the lodge as being something that is automated, that is contactless, and is a smart experience that is going to be completely different than if you were to go and check in at, we are anti-hotel chains. That is, that is the boutique experience that we are creating. And I do believe there's going to be this new wave and trend in hospitality, especially in short-term rentals, where if you can create boutique, unique, differentiated experiences that are cool and fun. And of course, it's got to be a great product. Like our product, we are obsessed over cleaning. If there is a hair on your pillow, if there is dirt on the floor, if there's a crumb on the couch, unacceptable. So that is a standard. And I always tell my team, I'm a loving human being. Like you, I, you can come and hug me and we will have any kind of conversation you need to have. There's nothing you can't say to me, but my standards are ruthless. My standards will murder you if you don't uphold what we have all agreed is going to be the standard of our lodge. So I'm a loving human being, but the standards of our lodge are not. Therefore, we are all agreeing, if you're going to be a part of this team, that the product we deliver and the experience we deliver is what's going to take our brand and differentiate it from every other vanilla experience that is out there. And so that's where I know and why we've gained so much traction. We went from zero to you know, over 100 five-star um, Google reviews on our Google page. Now we're ranking on the top page of Google competing with the top hotels in South Lake Tahoe after two months. Like that's, I don't want to say it's unheard of, but that's, I'm pretty damn proud no, that's of that. amazing, yeah. Because yeah. we took the precedent and the stance that we're going to put a superior product out there and we are going to create an amazing experience for our guests. And if you can do those two things consistently at a really high level, you're going to give yourself a really good chance to win. And now we're getting repeat customers and, oh my gosh, I didn't expect this staying here. When you start doing stuff like that, now all of a sudden we're creating an army of people who are going out and talking about our brand, the experience they had with us and becoming our outbound marketers for us without us actually having to spend any money on it. So that was one of the things that I really wanted to put very heavy emphasis on and also kind of my digital background and my digital team in-house um, with all of my other coaching and mentorship programs and things like that. When we kind of applied and pivoted that over to the hotel, it was something that um, I realized most hotels and most mom and pop, you know, boutique hotel and B&B style owners have absolutely no knowledge or experience in, nor do they want to learn and implement in their brand. And I think it's 100% something that is non-negotiable, essential in today's landscape, especially for the next wave of, right? Millennials have the largest buying power of all demographics in the world right now. And then moving forward to the younger and younger generations, if you don't have that incorporated into your brand or your business model, you will die. 100%. Yeah. And that's the beauty, right? Like that's the beauty of like when you're the entrepreneur in the way that we are entrepreneurs is, is looking at every past experience comes with you as you're analyzing something new, right? So your everything you've learned up to any point in time allows you to see things that other people can see, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's all, all like, that's why you need to, 
try as many things as possible and try to understand because then you'll see other things. Um, so what, just a super geeky kind of question right now, what kind of reservation system are you guys using? Are you guys mostly on, on Airbnb? Are you using a reservation software or? Yeah, our, our, um, our kind of PMS system is uh, Guesty, which I, okay. I think is very common for um, yeah. a lot of short-term rental owners. So I would say maybe 40% of our bookings come from, uh, maybe about 35% of our bookings come from Airbnb. Um, another, I would say 40% come from our, um, you know, different booking channels like VRBO and hotels.com, Expedia, booking.com, places like that. And yeah. because we've had so much growth organically online and through our SEO, and we're now showing up on the first page of South Lake uh, hotels in South Lake Tahoe and some of the other keywords. Now we're starting to see actually our direct website booking um, traffic uh, increase as well. So that's really exciting. That's awesome. Um, we're definitely starting to get more strategic in how, because we've got so many guests that have gone through our system now, I think we're at like, you know, 14 or 1500 guests in our, our actual CRM in Guesty. Now we're starting to leverage our email marketing skills and how we start to create incentives and offers and pull them back or how they can share, um, you know, some of these offers with other friends or family members um, and things like that, um, which we're starting to see people start to trickle in and come into our ecosystem because of that as well. Um, so Guesty has been kind of our, our hub where we manage everything out of. Um, and then obviously, you know, that casts all of our, our lines out in the different ponds that ultimately bring the fish in. Yeah. I love That's that. That's so good. I, I think it's so huge. I, I found, and I, I've spoken to a lot of people in the short-term rental business, and I've, I've said it for a long time that we were spoiled for so long that you could literally find a good property in a good location, furnish it right, put it on Airbnb, and, and you'd make a bunch of money. Yep. And then when COVID hit, every, most people just threw their hands up and they're like, this whole thing doesn't work anymore. And I'm like, no, you're just being lazy. Like you have to adjust your marketing. Like, like it's a business. Okay. That's one marketing channel. And so how can you adjust and pivot and also know who do you want to serve? That's the first question I ask people, who are you serving? Like the hotel, you know, exactly who your target demographic is. Yep. And I know exactly who ours is. And the folks that we want to attract are quite frankly millennials. And again, we have the same, we're running similar, very similar systems. And a lot of the older folks that have been coming there for 50 years, they don't like it. And I'm like, I understand it's very different. It's a, it's a totally new way, but yeah. I completely agree. It's that actually going, clean now. Yeah. Going forward <laughs> though, I, I seriously see a trend of implementing we're, we're branding it as like a smart hotel where it's yeah. like contactless check-in. You go right to your room, the Wi-Fi locks, same thing. I guarantee more hotels are going to be operating that way, especially boutique hotels yep. because people want that, especially with everything going on. Mm -hmm. it, it became, uh, I can't tell you how many people are stoked and are literally booking with us right now because we're contactless. Right. And the fact that they don't have to talk to anybody, um, they can go right. Cause a lot of people don't like some people pay for that high end experience because they want somebody waiting on them with a glass of champagne when you get into the lobby. And, and I get that. Cool. If that's what you want, great. And that's their identity. That's not our identity. And so for us, right, we really play to that. And 
like what you said, when we got really clear on who our avatar was, who our customer is, then we were able to create the experience and the brand and the color scheme and the furniture scheme and the copy and the messaging and everything that was aligned to that person. We're not trying to attract the 50 something year old that wants to travel into South Lake Tahoe. We're attracting the small young business professional, small young family from 25 to 40 that ultimately, right, wants to have an experience that is different than going into one of the mainstream style hotels. And that's literally what we're playing to. And that's literally who we're attracting into our hotel. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's, and it's the reality of, of where we're going, right? Like, that's how we travel, right? So it's, it kind of makes sense. Um, so where do you guys, where do you see it? Like, do you, now that you kind of have had the two sides of the experience, what you didn't know, now you know. Yeah. Is the, is the brand, is the Medier brand going to continue to kind of remain in the hospitality business? What are your, like, are you guys looking for more small boutique kind of hotels that you can repurpose? Yeah. I mean, so it was a good experience. So yeah. just let our people know. I, um, I here, here's what I'll say. Uh, there were probably over the last year, once a month, I've asked myself, what the hell are you doing? Like run in the other <laughs> direction. You need to stop doing this. Right. Yeah. But that's also been the experience that I've had my first year in real estate as a real estate investor, as a real estate agent, I literally wanted to quit eight, nine, 10 times in the yeah. first year of both of those things. Right. Yeah. And so I always look at that. I always think of that analogy of, you know, one foot from gold, right? Or three feet from gold. And that's really how most people are is they get their ass kicked and then they want to run in the other direction. And it's just a grit thing. Like, do you have the mental ability to push through the challenging times? Because ultimately it's the most challenging times that I look back on my life, whether it was getting expelled from high school, whether it was getting arrested in college, whether it was having multiple, multiple, multiple failures in business, those like I look down on my tool belt and I go, oh shit, like I actually, I'm pretty armed. I've got a lot of weapons and tools on my belt because I'm battle tested. And most people are afraid after getting hit one or two times to get back in the ring. I don't know any professional baseball player that has batted a thousand in their career. No, most of them strike out a lot, right? But it's the ones that keep getting back in there that ultimately end up getting on base or hitting a double or hitting a home run and putting runs up on the board. And if you do that long enough, you're going to become more, the pitches are going to slow down. You're going to see things a lot easier. You're going to connect dots a lot faster. And so when it comes to hospitality, I'm going, I've had my ass kicked now. How do I leverage all of these lessons into more opportunity? Um, because I know that the more keys I can get under management, I can then start using the economies of scale to my favor. I can start scaling out my team and start building and attracting even higher level, higher talented individuals into my organization, providing them with greater opportunity. So for me, before I start, I was going to start looking in, in similar markets like Lake Tahoe um, around the country to buy more hotels. And what I've, uh, one of my you know, favorite little short books, it's uh, Mining for Diamonds in Your Own Backyard. And for me, I'm going to just continue to go, man, I haven't even eaten all of the, I haven't even chewed all the meat off the bone in the, in the Lake Tahoe market. So how do I take more market share locally? And instead of having to go and build a completely new team in Big Bear or in Aspen or in whatever destination market I want to go, you know, buy another asset in, let me just 
let me make sure that I'm getting all the juice out of the squeeze in the Tahoe market first and building out kind of that family um, group of properties in Lake Tahoe and creating some more experiences that complement and round off the portfolio in Lake Tahoe. And that's going to be my focus. So my goal is to continue to buy a couple more properties, um, you know, boutique hotels up in Lake Tahoe to add to the play park brand and continue to build out our team and our company in that community. Um, one, cause it's already one, you know, close to where I live and where I already operate, where I already have a team, where I already have momentum and traction and some recognition and figure out, Hey, how do I take this to and turn the volume up to an eight or a nine? Love that. I love it. It's like hearing myself talk, like in my head, like this are conversations that I have with myself, you know, and then everybody tells me like, you're thinking about too many things. And then I have conversations with you guys. And I'm like, yeah, that's how, that's what I sound like with all my personalities. Like that's what we <laughs> talk about all the time. Right. So that's awesome, man. Um, Mike. Well, I could I go for uh, hours, man. I like, know. I just, and I yeah, just, I just want to be respectful. Yeah. I want to be respectful of your time. So the one question that we, we do ask all guests, and I think this will be interesting coming from you, is what is your number one secret for success in short-term rentals and, or hospitality or even real estate in general? Mm. Um, hospitality and real estate in general, it's, it's been systems. Um, the only way you're going to scale efficiency get more time back, create more money, drop more profit to the bottom line is going to be through systems and systems aren't sexy. Um, I've never really been a heavy systems guy, but when I realized that that was ultimately like efficiency and systems and obviously the right people, because that's the way you scale businesses is having quality systems and putting people in place and empowering them to operate and optimize those systems. And so for me, um, that has been, I would say, one of my reasons for my success. Again, because I'm not the smartest, sharpest, or fastest. I just am really good at figuring out who is and putting them in the right seat and empowering them based on what the vision is to go out and execute on those things. So I would say, you know, our systems and our hospitality has enabled us to create great experiences, which then has this ripple and trickle effect in all other areas of the business, of word of mouth, of profitability. Um, so I think systems is a really big and important one. And then obviously just knowing the numbers. Um, you have to know your numbers. If you don't feel like you are a good numbers person like I was, like I needed a calculator to do freaking multiplication, let alone like geometry and algebra and all that yeah. stuff, right? I so, checked so. two plus two. Sometimes just to make sure it hasn't changed with me over time, you know, with you, man. but it's one of those things where if you want to be a great business owner, you want to be, um, you know, a good steward of your finances of building real wealth. You have, you have to commit to sharpening your ax on numbers and finances. And so for me, that has been something that I've really challenged and committed to myself to and, and committed to over the last, you know, five, six years. And that has made me a much better steward of, my real estate, of my own finances, of my own portfolio, and also being able to help other people in that process. Love it, man. So where can yeah. the listeners uh, get in touch with you? Uh, anybody can reach out to me on my Instagram, official Mattie A. Uh, feel free to shoot me an email, Mattie A at millionairemindcast.com or um, 
you know, I've got a free real estate investing course for a lot of people that, you know, just want to know kind of what I'm doing and how I've been able to build uh, the real estate portfolio that I have by finding most of my stuff is all off market. Um, so how I find those properties, analyze them, and then how I've funded practically of the couple hundred properties that I bought, I would say I've only used my own money on two or three properties. Um, so how to use, you know, and it's a cliche to say, how do you find deals and use none of your own money? Well, it's true. And it's, it's very possible. So I created just a very basic free course for people. Uh, if they want to text the word invest to 844-447-1555, they can always uh, check that free course out there as well. Mm. Awesome. And that, and that, uh, website for the lodge, uh, website is playparklodge.com. So for you, California people, I know you all love Lake Tahoe. I have to make it up there to understand what everybody's so obsessed about. Oh yeah. But literally everybody I know from California. So I totally get it. Everybody's like, we should go to Lake Tahoe. I'm like, okay. So, but Matthew, it's been a pleasure, brother. I, we really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you as a person. I see you always, your efforts and the type of person you are. So I, I appreciate you. Aho, my brother. Aho. Likewise, my man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Of course. Thank you, Maddie. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.